the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. We've been talking about unity, but last week we segued into talking about rebellion, and then that went into talking about words. So I just want to ask you, do you know that your words have power? But before we discuss that, let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you, and we praise you, and we worship you, and we are just seeking your will for our lives and for those around us, our family, our friends, our congregation, that we truly would walk in your presence, that we would be obedient to your word, and that you would give us a rejoiceful, a rejoicing spirit, that you would be exalted in everything we do. So, Lord, we pray that you will anoint the time and, the, and especially the words of this message and that it will go deep into the hearts of each listener. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, a couple thoughts before we begin. Uh, as I've mentioned to you, we'd love for you to help our radio program stay on the air. If you would call our office at 813 813- Eight three one five six seven three. You feel that our program is valuable? We'd love for you to help us either pledge uh, or or donate. However, you'd like to do it. I believe we have some important thoughts that the Tampa Bay area needs to hear. Also, we'd love for you to visit our services. Bring friends, family to go to our website for times and locations. So the website is Shoresh spelled S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org, or call our office at 813-831-5673. So last week we talked a little bit about Korah and the rebellion that he started, and what was God's reaction? His, God's reaction, his judgment was so severe. I mean, nothing happened in a sense. There were just a bunch of words Those who spoke against Moses, though, were swallowed up by the earth and died, 250 people. And the next day, the people murmured, again, words about Korah dying, and God allowed a plague that consumed 14,700 people. Look, the past few weeks, we've been talking about unity. Now we see the other side, which is division, and God hates division. He loves unity. 
He is unity. And so we have to understand that the severity of the judgment is showing us how strongly God feels. And God knows that division and words that are misused spread like a cancer. Spreading, th- It could have spread through the entire people of Israel. In a sense, God used the 40 years in the desert to stop the rebellious, rebelliousness of people, of the people of Israel. They didn't seem to learn. They continued to grumble and complain. Along with grumbling and complaining, they played the blame game, right? Blame Moses and Aaron, not themselves. Blame can be an incredibly powerful tool to motivate people to do the wrong things to the wrong people. We see this when Hitler came to power. The economy was poor. People were unhappy. So Hitler found the people to blame, the Jews. And that was how things got started. It's not just bad people, though, who spread seeds of division. You and I do it, too. This is a serious problem. Scripture says it this way in Proverbs 18:21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Take a minute, close your eyes if you need and to and and think about the scripture. Consider it. Is it fair to say that your words produce either death or life? Think of a conversation you had with a friend or a relative recently. Think of what you said. Did you represent death or life? There are some things that we do so automatically that we usually don't stop to evaluate what we've done. One is thinking and the other is speaking. Both are required if you want to be an ambassador for Yeshua, bringing a spirit of unity wherever you go. This means that every day in your quiet time before the world smacks you around with distractions and with difficult, difficult circumstances, you must say, one of my goals today is to bring a spirit of unity with my thinking and my speaking. If you do that each day, it'll change your life. We started with the subject of rebellion, but we moved to the importance and the power of words, probably because rebellion starts in the heart and moves by the power of our speech. We can unify with our speech or divide with our speech. The power of words, every word you speak, brings life or death, encouragement or discouragement, freedom or bondage, joy or fear. After speaking words of anger or other types of ungodliness or ugliness, you might say, Oh, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? I'm really sorry. I lost my temper. I'm sorry I said that to you. Well, a Hasidic story tells of a man who went throughout the community telling awful things about the rabbi, of course. Couldn't have been me, right? (laughs) any rate, later he realized that he had done wrong and he felt sorry for it. So he went to the rabbi and begged for his forgiveness, saying he'd do anything to make amends. The rabbi said, take a feathered pi- pillow, cut it open, and scatter the feathers to the winds. The man thought, well, boy, that is 
really weird. But it's simple, so if that's what it takes to make amends, I'll gladly do it. He returned to the rabbi explaining that he had obeyed, and the rabbi said to him, Now go and gather the feathers, because you can no more make amends for the damage your words have done than you can recollect or recollect the feathers. I tell you this story so we think about the power of words. This story also shows us how man thinks about forgiveness, which is incorrect. So so, uh, the conclusion of this story is not what God wants us to understand. He wants us to forgive even though the feathers can't be recollected. A better response to this story would be, be careful with your words. Once they are said, they can only be forgiven, not forgotten. Or words are free, it's how you use them that may cost. Or something like that. Look, negative words hurt three people. The one who speaks them. The one who hears them. And the one who the words are about. When we look at scripture about our words, often the scriptures are so simple, we just ignore what they're trying to say. An example of that is James 126. If anyone thinks he's religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is futile. Are you a person who loves God? Are you a person who in general represents God's well? God represents him well? The scripture says, if you do not hold your tongue, you deceive your heart. That means that though your heart thinks you are right, it is wrong because the emotion of your heart has been deceived. Besides that, your effort to appear religious is futile. That's hard to swallow, but if you want to be honest with yourself, deal with it. Are you willing to apply scripture and truly inspect your behavior? King David needed Nathan to tell him the truth. What do you need? Proverbs twelve eighteen. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. So you're talking to somebody. Many times it's a family member who you argue are having an argument with. And this scripture is telling you that If you are to be considered wise, then the conversation should end that you've promoted health. How do you do that? (laughs) It's difficult. As I said last week, most things come from our heart. Our mouth is what creates unity or division. Does that remind you of the scripture? Matthew 15, 18, but the things that proceed out of our mouth come forth from the heart And those things make the man unholy or defiles a person. And and the reason is because even though your intentions were good, but Scripture would disagree with you if your words were not good. (laughs) Remember, your heart is deceived, and so you don't understand the power of your own words which you think are dealing with righteousness, are really being negative. Your words have made you unholy. 
Each morning, decide that your mouth will create unity. Make it a goal to not cause division. If being right is more important and teaching others about the mistakes they made, then you will not create unity with your mouth, your words. This show is called The Heart of Messiah. You are listening to this show because you want to be sure you know his heart so you can follow him correctly. Our history, our culture, and everything that has made us might need to be erased to satisfy God, erased in your mind. Is this too difficult for you? Will you love Will your love for God overcome your stubbornness and your history so that you can please him with your words? Let's put the scripture we just read and talked about in context. Let's look back at Matthew 15, 1 through 3. It says this, Then some Pharisees and Torah scholars came to Yeshua from Jerusalem. They said, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not do the ritual hand-washing when they eat bread. Listen to this answer in verse 3. And answering, Yeshua said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God for the sake of of your tradition. Instead of the word tradition put in culture. You, you see what I'm saying? Are we giving into our cultural background causing us to fail to keep the commandments of God? Do our words cause us to be guilty as the Pharisees and the Torah scholars? Matthew 15:11 says it's not what goes into your mouth that makes the man unholy, but what comes out of the mouth, this makes the man unholy. What are you saying to Yeshua if you are not willing to deal with the words that you speak? Think about it. Look, I'm asking you, I'm challenging you today because I don't know Anybody who doesn't have this problem a little bit, and most people have it, it's a big problem. And so what I'm asking you is to reflect on your words, not on somebody else's words, not on their behavior, but just your words. You might say to me, look, uh, my words aren't that bad. Okay, let's take a test, a scriptural test, of course. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 19 through 32. Actually, it's 29 to, 30, uh, 29 to 32. Here it is. Let no harmful word come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial for building others up according to the need, so that it gives grace to those who hear it. Do not grieve the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage, 
and anger and quarreling and slander along with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Messiah also forgave you. This scripture tells us how to judge our words, and I believe it is saying that when we don't watch our words and we speak harmful words, we are actually grieving the Holy Spirit. Here's a list. Number one, your words shouldn't be harmful. Number two, words should build others up. That's a biggie. Isn't that a biggie? Think about it. It is hard when somebody's coming at you to try and build the other person up. We have to be very thoughtful, very creative, very insightful. We really have to have the power of God's Spirit in us so that we can know what to say. Three, no bitterness. Four, no rage or anger. Five, no quarreling. Six, no slander. Seven, no malice. Eight, words are to be kind. Let me go back to no quarreling. So quarreling would be like disagreeing. And you say, well, what if the other person's wrong? That's, that's a problem. But we, again, you pray, you ask God for creativity so that they can, people can know how you feel, but you're not coming at them. You're not making it a quarrel. If you go back to last week's teaching when I talked about my dealing with the man in the hot tub and our discussion, you'll see how I tried to handle this very difficult fine line because we don't want to say that sin and, and, and things that are wrong are right. That's what our culture is saying. We can't do that. But we have to figure out a way to make knowledge acceptable. And that's what Proverbs says. Can't remember the scripture right now. Maybe I'll find it for you for next week. But it does say that the tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. And that's in Proverbs somewhere, so go find it. (laughs) All right. So there should be no slander, speaking about other people in in malicious ways, no malice. Our words are to be kind. Now, look, along with our words have to be kind, our whole countenance has to be kind because our face can, (laughs) we can say kind words and our face or our tone of voice don't show it. So that doesn't work. So it says our words should be compassionate which means we should be feeling what other people are feeling. We are to try and walk in their shoes. Words should show that we have forgiven as well. I can't get the following scripture out of my head when it comes to words. We speak this was part of the teaching of Yeshua. Matthew twelve. 36 and 37, I tell you that on the day of judgment, men will give account for every careless word they speak. The silence is for you to think. 
about what I just read. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now the word careless in in the Greek is argos, and, and it means free from labor, or at leisure, or it means lazy. In other words, if you're lazy with your words, if you're careless with them, if it, you know what? This raises the bar. It's not just harmful words or words that come out in anger or lack of patience, but it's words that are blurted out because of not being willing to think before speaking. Basically, you are saying, I don't care. Because your words were not godly. God is saying, for every word you speak that you don't care about, you will be judged. Are you getting my point? More importantly, are you getting God's point? Are you seeing the heart of Messiah? Many of us are basically good people but and, and good believers, but our, our words, are, are they chosen by the, whole, the Spirit of God? Or are they chosen as a result of our flesh? Let me close with one more scripture today. Colossians 4, 5 through 6. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, to know how you ought to answer everyone. Everyone, everyone. Seasoned with salt, well, that's, uh, that preserves things, right? So your words are to preserve relationships. But grace, grace is such an interesting thing. Our words all should always include grace, meaning speaking favor toward the unworthy, giving benevolence to the undeserving, and forgiving and blessing the hearer of your words despite the fact that they have fallen short of your expectations of correct speech or behavior. As a believer, we are always being evaluated by others. We are always on duty. As God today, ask God today to speak to you about your words and cause a a new sensitivity within you in order to bless everyone you speak to. Amen. If you feel this program has been valuable, I just ask you to help finance it, pay for some of our radio time, call our office, 813-831-5673, or go to heartofmessiah.org. And you can always send your comments to rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Come visit our Shoresh David locations. Bring your friends, especially Jewish friends who don't yet know the Lord. We call them pre-believers. Amen. Uh, but for times, locations, find us online at shoreshdavid.org or Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. Or check out our Facebook. We do uh, Facebook Live. We're on YouTube. So check us out. Um, we also love to visit your church or your Bible study. Again, call us or email. I'd like to close with a word of prayer. And uh, one of the 
I, I will use this scripture in the prayer, but I just want to speak it before I even start praying, because it is a prayer in its own, which is Psalm 1915. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable for, before you, Adonai, my rock and my redeemer. Lord, I pray that everybody who has listened to my voice will be touched by the sincerity of your desire about our words. And so I pray that each person would go to Psalm 1915 and pray, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable before you, Lord. You are my rock and you are my redeemer. I pray that all those who are listening will grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray all of this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.